Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Access VFX podcast. And this is a, a new chapter special. We've not had one of those in a while. Um, so to provide a bit of context for this episode, um, we've spoken or we've often spoken at great length historically, um, whether on this podcast or within, in our various Access VFX meetings about the launch of a West Coast chapter or an LA chapter of AVFX. So we, as you know, we have Chicago, we have Montreal, we have New York, and it just felt like an obvious go-to, particularly bearing in mind the, the industry we all work in. Um, so often those conversations started off with best intentions, and everybody was really excited, and then for one reason or another, they slowly kind of lost traction. So today I'm pleased and proud to announce that Access VFX West Coast launches today with Framestore's Kathleen Ruffalo and the Mills and Hyatt Helm. So very exciting news, big round of applause. This is gonna be a very a very positive episode for us today. So before we get into kind of some questions and find out what you, you guys are up to, should we do more traditional intros? And I've kind of broadly introed Kathleen and Anne, but it'd be good if you introduce yourself. So should we kick intros off first? So over to, over to you, let's start with Kathleen. Sounds good. Hi, I'm Kathleen Ruffalo. I am the US recruitment manager for Framestore's three studios. So LA, New York, and Chicago. I was based in LA for the longest time as the crew manager and my role has since evolved to have this wider perspective of all three sites. Hi everyone, I'm Anne Hong. I'm the head of people and culture for the LA studio and I deal with all things retention, recruitment, and um, talent development and outreach, diversity, inclusion. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you, Anne. I'm Brooke. I am the head of recruitment for Zoic Studios in Los Angeles and New York. I'm also helping out with production management right now. So got a little bit of everything going on at the moment. And currently I am in Long Beach, California. <laughs> so glamorous. So yes. <laughs> and finally, Katie. Hey everybody, I'm Katie Godwin, um, a VFX recruiter. I've been doing it for about 10 years, mostly in the LA market. Um, currently recruiting for Luma Pictures um, in Los Angeles. They also have a studio in Melbourne, Australia. Um, so yeah, happy, happy to be here. Excellent, so, uh, so we have four of you. Uh, you're representative of uh, a bigger cohort of people, right? So we had the, an exploratory meeting. Are there any studios absent today? Who are we missing? Studio-wise, uh, studio-wise, we also have Fuse Effects involved, uh, as well as Pixamundo, um, and Digital Domain is <laughs> pretty involved as well too. <laughs> testing you, just testing you. Just yeah, good. <laughs> so let's kick things off then. So we. Uh, We've only got about 45 minutes, standard kind of podcast rules. So let's get stuck into the, the meat really, which is why now, you know, why, why do you think um, Access VFX West Coast will be well received and why, why bother? I, that is a question that I've personally been thinking a lot about. Um, I've been aware of Access VFX for probably about a year and a half, right around when uh, the Chicago office was getting kicked off because I, I helped out a little bit in those initial uh, conversations and was very aware of Framestore's involvement in the UK and all the amazing things that have been accomplished and always kind of wondered why we didn't have one in LA and was always kind of sitting back and waiting for that to come to me, I guess, was my excuse. 
Um, and Anne and I did actually talk about a year ago now at this point of trying to get this off the ground. And as you kind of mentioned in the beginning, it just didn't get traction uh, for one reason or another. And I personally kind of took it upon myself just in light of everything going on in the world, both with the pandemic as well as all the action in the US with Black Lives Matter, thought that now more than ever is this is the time that we need this because people are talking and even more importantly, people in power and in, in positions of power and influence are listening. So it just seems like now more than ever was when we could really get this going because everyone seemed to be hungry for making steps towards a solution. Um, so, you know, I think that's why we needed to take the action to just get organized and uh, luckily, you know, everyone kind of responded in a very positive way of saying, yes, this is exactly what we do need. So I'm very happy to have all these other studios that have kind of joined the efforts so that we can start getting something off the ground and, and really moving this forward. Um, but that's my my initial answer to, to why now more than ever. So there's lots of yeah, nods around yeah. the grid. Go on, Anne. I was going to say, I think this is something we've all been kind of interested in and in implementing right now. I think it's great because there's been a pointed call to action and we kind of want to spend our energy and attention to helping diversify the VFX community and just creative sector in general. Um, and I think VFX, similar to other tech companies, have lacked in representation of women, people of color. So I think it's, it's an important time right now. Yeah, and, and you mobilize really quickly. I mean, from the early conversation that uh, Kathleen we had with Kat, who runs the New York chapter and... Uh, or co-runs it, you know, shout out to Ryan and Colette who, who, who moves mountains in, in Chicago. Um, yeah, the amount of emails I get getting from Kathleen going, oh, you know, so we could just join it. And yeah, it, it kind of this mountain of, of, of interest kind of kicked off, which is hugely encouraging. Um, so you've alluded to a bit about what you hope to accomplish, but I'm really interested to think, uh, have a conversation around what have you have if you had a conversation about events because it's really hard at the moment we're all on lockdown does anybody want to kind of comment on the aspiration for the type of events that you want to run whether remote or when we're all allowed back into public spaces let's take that one i can take that um so i as you said it's a, a challenging time right now to figure out how to really get this initiative moving because we can't do the more obvious ideas of like, let's host an event to bring everyone together and talk about it in person. Um, but, you know, overall, I think the motivation for all of us in on the West Coast and in this chapter is just to do something more impactful within our direct community. So we definitely want to work towards making more connections with the local area schools and other community organizations where we can promote the idea of what the visual effects industry is all about and introduce this idea of these job opportunities and career opportunities that a lot of these communities might not be as aware of. Um, I think some of these events will be potential to do virtually. So I, I am very hopeful that we can hopefully get something like that going where maybe we do just a general presentation to introduce the idea by connecting and promoting this idea to some area organizations, summer schools, summer camps, things of that nature. Um, beyond that, I hope to start to do events that are supporting those that are already in our industry as well, because there's a lot happening with people in our industry and all industries at the moment that are, are struggling. And there's a way that we can give back as a, a group to the people that are, are having some issues as far as finding work and 
thinking about skills that they can potentially build upon to make them more marketable and, and re-enter the workforce if they've been recently furloughed or laid off. Um, so anything from you know mock interview sessions that we could open up to both college-age students or younger, as well as those that are already in the industry, to you know real reviews, things of that nature, I think are some of our initial ideas. I also believe that we've got a lot of amazing ideas amongst us, and there is so many grand plans, but trying to tackle everything one stage at a time and, and do what we can in, in increments, and hopefully momentum will continue to build, and it's you know just the beginning. Yeah, we're really yeah. focusing on the e-mentorship that Access Visual Effects offers, because that's, um, that's such a easy way to really jump in and get going with being a part of this community. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a definitely a win. I mean, if you had much um, success with um, putting the word out already um, pre-launch or you're waiting yeah. to go live to get the word out. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of, um, I've mainly um, sent it out to my network, like mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, and I got quite a few responses like, oh, this is so cool. I didn't know about this. So yeah, it's getting some I think yeah, agreed, Brooke. I think um, right now, one of the things is really just spreading the word because I know I'll speak for myself. I'm sort of new to learning about Access VFX and a lot of people in my network are as well. And I was frankly kind of relieved to see that this dialogue has, you know, been ongoing and, um, you know, now just sort of spreading the word and getting people involved and that the e-mentorship uh, piece of it has been, I think, especially uh, interesting to a lot of the more senior level uh, artists working in LA, supervisors who want to be a part of it and just don't quite know kind of what angle to kind of jump in. So yeah, I think the e-mentorship um, and then I think uh, further to what Kathleen said, also the the mock interviews and, and real reviews. Um, I think we're also getting a lot of traction there. People just genuinely um, want to be a part and, and want to give back. I think we'll feel a bit hopeless uh, watching the news. So this is a great place to to get going. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think the uh, the mentoring platform and and just the fact that Access VFX has been running for about three years now is a great foundation for for Access VFX West Coast. You know, the the mentoring platform is there. It's available whether you, know, you want mentees or mentors to sign up. Um, and if uh, you know, we can use this podcast as a, as an opportunity for, to to get a conversation going with the market. You know, for the LA market, whether it be industry or, or talent trying to get in because one thing i'd like to ask uh, you all about is a re is there anything that makes the la market unique as a as an industry you know what 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 what, what, what should people expect from the la kind of roles and the la kind of industry because axvfx was originally built on you the uk challenge that there's mm -hmm. the assumption that all the vfx work takes place in, in la uh in hollywood right and and then, you know, you, know, you couldn't work on the, I don't know, a Spider-Man movie, but for example, down the road in Soho, which it obviously isn't the case. So what's the, what's the message you're sending to, to potentially aspiring talent in, uh, in, on the West Coast of America? What's the, what, are you, what are you trying to achieve there? No, I think one thing that's great about the LA market um, reflects the diversity of LA because there's film, TV, commercials, games, animation, VR, like anything that you're remotely interested in, um, you can dive deeper in because um, there's a lot, you know, when we work in a big studio or like a smaller post house, I think the diversity 
is there. So, you know, whether um, I think people want to be generalists or specialists, you know, like there's room for that and you don't have to like choose one or another just because the, the, you know, the landscape doesn't have to dictate that for you. You can choose what you want to do, which I think is there's a lot of new technologies too, like, um, you know, augmented reality and, and things of that nature, like that expand out from visual effects. It's just a really, really wide mix in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's a resilient market as well. I mean, I know things seem uh, a little bleak right now, you know, globally, there's not a whole lot of, of hiring going on. And that includes LA. Um, you know, there are a few, few roles to fill here and there, but by and large, I think a lot of candidates might be looking on LinkedIn and not seeing a lot of, you know, job postings and things like that. But um, I, I'd like to say, don't be too discouraged. Um, you know, the LA market's been through a lot of change with um, feature films, for instance, kind of going elsewhere and commercials and games kind of becoming the, the, the new normal. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, there are, like Anne said, so many different opportunities here and there are so many talented people and so many studios that um, I, I think the opportunities will, will start to come back again soon. Thanks. And, and in terms of the, you know, the outreach market, I guess, what it's like in, 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 on the West Coast to, to attract talent, you know, is it just about attracting uh, the, the people, you know, the people who work in the jobs or are there challenges around kind of parental, um, parental attitudes? Is there a piece of work to be done with schools, do you think? I mean, what's the, what's the market like in, in that respect? Is there a piece of work there? Um, I, I think there is some work that still needs to be done because from my perspective, I felt like when I was younger, I had no idea this industry was a part of the entertainment inter- industry at large, right? I understood that movies were made and kind of just assumed everything was in this one lump category, never really realizing visual effects and animation and uh, advertising and everything related to it, we're all kind of in this separate pool. So I do think there's some effort to be made to get the information out there about visual effects in particular. I think we're quite fortunate in Los Angeles since the industry is so prevalent here that, you know, people are pretty aware, you know, it's more about getting a little bit further out to those communities that might not have their, you know, classmates whose parents are producers or DPs or whatever, they're a bit more in the know of the ins and outs of the industry. I, I think it'll be important to communicate that there are these opportunities and there's so much more beyond being an artist because I think that's often a quick assumption is like, I'm not artistic, so I could yeah. never work in visual effects or uh, you know, post-production because I don't want to edit, but there's so many other jobs that support the, the machine, if you will, and everything that's involved in what we all do in our roles, which are still very much a part of the creative process without actually physically making any art ourselves directly. Um, But there's so many other facets to what we do beyond those more obvious positions within the industry. So it's about educating people that, oh, you could explore this route and it might take you in a new direction and you might one day become a recruiter or a talent manager or even a, a producer if that's something that you're more interested in or work in sales and all the other aspects that kind of connect the dots and, and make the, the greater 
efforts move forward. Um, and that I think is part of what we need to do in the education process of getting people interested in the opportunities. And there's a lot of tech roles too that people might overlook when they're studying computer science and not realize that they could be in a creative industry while also still doing a very technical role as well. One thing I noticed back before COVID, um, I would do studio tours for schools. And um, one thing that would be amazing to like expand and branch out more is like invisible visual effects. We would show them set extension reels and these things they didn't even realize were, were jobs or things that were needed. Um, you know, there's an understanding of shooting something on a green screen, but then what's the process like after that? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I've always enjoyed events where we talk about the, uh, the non-superhero stuff. You know, there's no aliens mm -hmm. or explosions and uh, some of the most VFX heavy shots are, you know, comping in houses and post boxes and trees and crowds. And, yeah. And there's so much more to it, isn't there? Yeah, we would bring like our in-house matte painter in and break down how you would, you know, create a background and it would, it would just blow these kids' minds. You know, it was stuff that they didn't even realize could even be a career choice. It's so cool. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, um, showing like behind the scenes, it's all, always like, you know, when, when you kind of see students come in who have no idea and they're just like, that's visual effects that, you know, they go, that's fake, that's fake. It's just really fun because I mean, I think, you know, with all like films and like Marvel films and everything, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's such bad CGI or, or whatever, you know, but then when they realize that this is actually like a career path that they can actually do, I think that's really eye-opening, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you talk about film, you, you talk about the producer, the director and the actor, and then there's so many, you know, when you watch credits and, and films, there's so many more names that contribute to the project. And I think like providing, you know, obviously access and opportunity um, for people to see that this is a career, I think is really important. Yeah. And I think also um, further to everyone's point here, I think, you know, highlighting that even if you aren't um, artistically gifted as I mean, I, I am not, um, but I just, I, I wanted to be a part of what, what was going on and, and, and sort of making these beautiful images. And I think, you know, if you're not in the computer science and you're not, um, you know, in, uh, in art school, I think there are also avenues for you in production and um, operations, especially mm -hmm. as studios start to kind of transition back into possibly working back in the studio operations roles and, um, you know, kind of more strategic type roles, technical kind of systems, infrastructure type roles will become more, I think, in demand. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, just highlighting all of the different ways that you can get into um, visual effects, even if you, oh, absolutely. you know, aren't into computer science or, um, I went know. to school for film and thought I would be in production design and I'm recruiting right. in visual effects. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a you history know? major. So yeah, yeah it's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool. It is cool. So what's the, what are the roots in that? Because uh, we've all, we've spoken mm. about creative roles, production, you know, talent. You, you, know, you don't know where your career yeah. is going to take you. If anybody from uh, from the particularly the, the West Coast kind of talent pool who's, who are hopefully listening to this, um, what what advice would you give them in terms of how they can at least start their career? Because not everybody has the benefit of going to expensive colleges and, and universities, right? So how do you change that game and start to attract people from a more non traditional background? That's a really great question. I mean, my 
perspective on how anyone can be successful, as, especially in the artist roles within visual effects, is it has to be something that you're incredibly passionate about. I, you know, the school that you go to helps, obviously, because you're going to get the training that's going to set you up for success to easily transition into working in a large-scale production facility. But I'm not necessarily super hung up on that when I recruit to be like, I want students that came from only these schools. Um, I am always very inspired by those that are self-trained and self-taught. And given the amount of information that's out there with the way the internet and people set up tutorials and things like the e-mentorship program itself, you know, there's so much out there that can help you build up on these skills and learn these new software packages and different kind of uh, tricks of the trade, if you will, without having to spend a ton of money on, you know, a formal education. Uh, so taking advantage of that and making that your number one priority is what I think leads people to having very successful careers in the very beginning, because it's a competitive industry. I don't think we should tiptoe around that fact, you know, to be working in some of these top level studios, you're up against a lot of people competing for only a few open positions to work on, you know, the movies that everyone loves and the ads that everyone remembers. Um, so it is important to be passionate about it because you're going to work long hours. I mean, we've said, you've said this in other podcast episodes of like the realities of being in this industry. It's, it's very demanding. Um, and you have to really love it to want to put up with that day in and day out, you know, the back and forth you'll have with the clients, you know, the kind of hours that you might be expected to do, the weekends you might be called in to work on. And that has to be something you really love. So taking advantage of the information that's accessible to you just through online forums and, you know, just working at your craft day in and day out, I think is, is quite essential to, to really getting, uh, getting into the industry. Then Beyond that, you know, it's the the networking, which was always one of the things I hated so much when I was trying to get my first jobs moving out to California was it's the who you know, not what you know attitude, but there's truth to that, to be honest. So it's taking advantage of um, any kind of opportunities that might be, you know, virtual get togethers at this stage. But if there are meetups and going to those things and getting your name out there and connecting with recruiters and people in the industry on LinkedIn, sending messages, again, those e-mentorship programs, things like that, just where you get to know more people because it does help so much when someone says like, no, give this person a chance. So that's, I think, another really important thing to put a lot of effort in when you're first trying to get into the industry. Yeah. Education yeah. is such a personal choice, you know, based on the resources that you have available to you, you know, so there are going to be folks that cannot afford to go to a nomen or, you know, a visual effects like school um, where YouTube is going to be your best friend and you are, you know, you've got an internet connection and you've got, you know, a student copy of Maya or Nuke or whatever it may be and you're learning on your own. So it's really going to just depend on, you know, your personal circumstances. And I think also um, uh, further to uh, Kathleen's point about networking, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of supervisors um, that have passed on candidates to me because they, you know, they wrote them a message on LinkedIn and shared their student yeah. portfolio or um, they were, you know, uh, they asked a question in a forum and, um, you know, the supervisor saw it and answered and they started a dialogue from there. 
um, you know, it's, uh, of course, I encourage you to reach out to recruiters. Um, but, you know, it's also a good idea to maybe get a list together of the studios that that you like or, you know, that are on your wish list of places to work for and then maybe look up the supervisors that are working there and, um, you know, try to reach out to them, send them your, your student work and say, hey, you know, whenever you have a moment, um, if you could, if you could take a look, I'd greatly appreciate it. Sometimes they won't have time, uh, but you know, sometimes they may and, and you might get lucky. So um, yeah, I think networking is, is a huge chunk of it and also um, getting involved in the forums and maybe taking a class through, um, you know, if you're on the effects track, look at side effects. They have a lot of, um, a lot of supervisors that are still very active within that side effects community. Um, and then I know we've talked about animation mentor, um, is also a great one. So yeah, I think, uh, it's uh, networking and taking advantage of some of those free resources is a, a great yeah. way to start. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's like, go in. No. <laughs> Sorry about you that. Go, you go, Brooke. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I was just going to say there's more. a plethora of resources out there now. And I think we've come a long way since, you know, maybe when we started, when there's like reels on DVDs and everything, you know, like I think a lot <laughs> yeah. of reels are out there now and there's a lot of information that you can get. And like, you know, I think a lot of um, like art station and there's so many resources for people who kind of want to get in to see if you really like it. Because sometimes you're like, oh, I think I really want to be a modeler. And you get into it like, oh no, I actually like texture painting, you know, or, mm -hmm. oh no, this is a good point. This is not it. <laughs> um, yeah. So right. I think like trying the different routes too to see see what you like is really important because like Kathleen mentioned, the passion is, is really key and you can tell if someone's passionate about their work or not because to get to like, you know, if something's at 80% to get to 100%, like that's going to be the passion that you, you really see there. Absolutely. Great point. I think the networking theme is really interesting, particularly with Access VFX because one thing I found working across all the different networks is there's a community there like no other industry that I've ever worked in really. You know, cross animation, visual effects, and games, there are conversations that happen. And particularly at the moment, because I mentioned in the last episode, there's, you know, there's a number of people who unfortunately lost their jobs or were furloughed during the current climate. And people are reaching out to different members of the Access VFX team. And there's no, there's no BS there with those conversations. Like people, you know, Access VFX has always been a group of competitors working towards a shared goal. And there's something really, really strong in that. You know, there's a real sense of a network that can be your network. I mean, I've opened events with the slide, welcome to your network, because you always get accused of, you know, it's all about who you know. Well, you can know the, you know these guys now. You know, these are people you can connect with and through the mentoring platform. And and, uh, and you were talking about kind of, you know, people kind of, you know, learning some of the basics through all the free tutorials that are out there and, and access the software. Um, you can use your email, your mentoring platform to get feedback in real time. So you've got this huge network. And then you've got the network of mentors who all live on the, the Slack channel. So when you sign up as a mentor, you're connected to all the mentors across the UK, Montreal, New York, Chicago, now LA. And you can go, hey, my mentee is struggling in this area. And you've got the ear of all the mentors. I mean, it is just like layers and layers of, of a network that can support you, right? So I think it's important to, I'm glad you brought that up actually. It's a really, really mm -hmm. key point to make. Um, my question was uh, going to build on what I was talking around. Uh, so Kathleen, you're talking about kind of uh, what it's like to work in the industry. And we've talked a bit about roots in. I want to talk a bit about whether there's the pros and cons of coming in as kind of like a staff member. Because when we think about working in any industry, it's always about you apply for the job and then you become an employee of that company. But we know that visual effects, particularly production and creative roles, there's also a, 
a pretty decent career and being a bit of a, a nomad. You know, you kind of you know, move around wherever the, the projects are and wherever the shows are. And I've, I've got a friend who works in, in visual effects since we graduated back in the late 90s and he's gone all over the world. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of have a conversation around, you know, not necessarily recommending a routine, but probably what are the pros of it both? You know, what should people be considering a more freelance life versus a staff, a staff gig? Let's take that one. I can start. I, my point of view on both is that they have a lot of pros and cons on, on both sides. I usually recommend for those that are just starting their career to try to get in as staff if they can, if the opportunity is available, because you'll see a lot more hands-on mentorship from the seniors within that company with a junior artist to really help them build upon some of the skills that they might be coming in with. Whereas if you start out freelance and you're jumping around from lots of different studios in the very early part of your career, that's not again a bad thing, but uh, perhaps getting a little bit less of that kind of nurtured experience of really having someone walk you through the process of how to really improve as a, a particular field that you might be in as far as the, the disciplines. Um, you know, obviously one of the clearest benefits to being staff is the stability because freelance is a tough game in itself. It's kind of that constant hustle, which I think there are some people that are more inclined to that kind of lifestyle and always making those connections and trying out new studios and moving from one place to the next. Um, whereas if you're staff, you're obviously gonna settle in a little bit. Um, the benefit of freelance is that you're gonna have more selection of the projects that you're working on in theory, especially as you advance in your career and uh, you know gain more experience that you can say like, oh, I really want to only do car commercials. So you can kind of focus your search on studios that are focusing on that kind of work and then you can pass on a, a project that might not help you build upon the work that you're really aiming to do whereas once you're staff you don't get as much say on what kind of content they're putting you on um, it's more about availability not to say that that isn't something that each of these studios is going to try to always cater to but um, it's not as flexible as well as your schedule is going to be far less flexible when you're a freelancer you're in charge of when you're working and when you're taking a vacation whereas once you're staff you know you're going to be getting approvals through a few different channels from scheduling teams to your direct manager um, but I think both I mean, our industry in particular is quite unique and creative industries in general are that this whole freelance work lifestyle is an option. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefits to that, you know, for the kind of creative exploration and potentially having more freedom to do some of your own projects on the side that, you know, you want, you wouldn't be able to do if you were kind of stuck in a, a standard um, nine to five, not that any of us work nine to five, but if we did, um, and that's kind of the, the beauty of, of freelance in that regard. Um, but I, you know, again, think staff is really great for finding a place that you really feel at home in. And I, I think there is a lot of benefit to that because every studio is unique as far as their culture and kind of the content that they're creating and, um, you know, the people are always going to be a little bit different, but generally speaking, the visual effects industry as a whole seems to be a very uh, embracing and collaborative industry. So you'll always get that, I think. But, um, you know, being staff gives you that opportunity to really build a relationship. And then hopefully as you advance in your career, you're going to help build a team and you know how you all work together and you're going to get more efficient in your process and executing tasks. So that's, that's where some of the benefits lie there as well. 
Yeah, and I guess it doesn't restrict um, movement either, does it, if you are staff? There's an assumption that if you're a freelancer, yeah. you're free to go from show to show to show. Whereas if you're staff, you know, you're, you're, you're tied to that studio and there's no reason why you can't do three, four years at a facility and move on. And that's what's lovely about the industry is that is there is that kind of ebb and flow of talent that, you know, you might come, you might come back kind of six or seven years later, you know? So yeah, that happens all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it for sure. Katie, you're on, um, you're on mute. Well, hello, there I am. Sorry about that. Um, I also wanted to add, um, you know, that uh, it's, it is, uh, well, my thought just, just left me now with, with that, with that mute unmute. So we'll have to come back to me. Back to <laughs> I'll, I'll jump Gone. in. Um, you know, <laughs> I think, yeah, for, I mean, at the mill, like we're like 85% staff, right? Cause, um, we work on commercials and so fast paced that we believe that it helps with collaboration, creativity, and communication, but it just, it just depends per person, you know, like, um, if you like moving around and seeing how different pipelines and different studios work, you know, and sometimes it might be like a Goldilocks thing where you're like, you're trying out all these studios and you find one, you're like, hey, this one like actually feels really good and um, really works with like what I get to want to work on and you like the culture and so then you stay, right, if there's a, there's a potential for that. So I really think it just yeah. depends on the person. Yeah. And we're and like, we're, we're, <laughs> I was going to say we're opposite <laughs> of the mill. We're primarily freelance at Zoic LA. Yeah. So if we have a lot of awards, we staff up once we deliver every, everything, everybody releases out and they go to these other studios and they work there and then they come back to Zoic and it's just this kind of like revolving, you know, like yeah. mix of folks. Yeah. And I, uh, further to that, I mean, I would say, don't be discouraged. I know a lot of the studios that I've worked in, you kind of get that initial like three months freelance trial offer um, where, you know, it's, uh, they kind of want to see if things work out. They want to see if, if you're happy. So oftentimes in the LA market, you're not going to get a staff offer right out of the gate. Um, you'll probably get a freelance contract to start, see how things work out. And then oftentimes something longer term will come from there. Um, and then, yeah, there, there are benefits to, to both. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, uh, I, have had some, some, uh, interactions with junior artists that get very sort of concerned with that, uh, three months what is ah, what does that mean? Um, and oftentimes that's just, um, just sort of a, uh, initial kind of, oh, we want to see how things, how things work out. And because good and bad, the LA market is so flooded. Sometimes studios feel like, well, there are, you know, it's a competitive market. And so a lot of times they're not necessarily willing to make that commitment um, up front. So don't be discouraged. So on, on the discouraged piece, actually, I wanted to talk about yeah. what the world, no, I don't, I'm not going to end the podcast on discouragement. <laughs> there are people yeah. across the world who are concerned about, not, I mean, not just the visual effects industry, all industries really, in terms yeah. of what the future of the industry looks like post lockdown. Right. So what, What's, what's the talk of the town in LA? What, what are people saying about, you know, what, what does it look like once all this blows over? What can people expect? Will there be more people working from home? Will you be able to hire people from further afield because you don't expect them to be in the, in the studio? I mean, what's the, what's the lay of the land? Yeah, I think the LA market's kind of grown now and I think it's more global than it ever was before um, because um, as far as I know, everybody's working from home. I don't know of any studio in LA where they have people in studio, maybe the odd producer here and there. Um, but the artists and everybody, they're all working from home. And I think um, 
it seems to be working out. I'll, I'll speak just for, for Luma's. Uh, it, it's working very well. And I, I can see where um, I think eventually because of secure work, there will be a presence back in the studio. But I think um, more than ever before where remote work in LA was like, no, 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 you, you must be in studio. Now it's um, kind of a whole new world and supervisors are looking at candidates in um, you know, Eastern Europe that they weren't really able to consider in a meaningful way before. Um, so yeah, I think it's growing if anything. I think clients are seeing that their work is secure, you know, like everybody yeah, had yes. to move remotely really quickly and, you know, jump on everything and go. And I think they're really seeing that, like, this is an option, you know? Yeah. Agreed. So it'll, it'll be a blend. I think eventually, I think it'll mm -hmm. be a mix of people, you know, working remotely and people going in and, but I think for the time being, everybody's pretty set with where we're at. I agree. Yeah, and just to elaborate on everything Brooke and Katie said, so, you know, I do think we've experienced a slowdown, which I think is kind of an obvious statement to make about what's happening in the LA area, um, and honestly, across the board. <laughs> I mean, film is still have quite a few projects that they already had in-house that they're still delivering, so that's kept a lot of those uh, divisions very busy, same with some television work, but anything new is obviously paused. So that has that kind of knock on effect for us in, in visual effects. So, you know, I'm very optimistic and I think all of us are that things will start to just get better because we experience these kind of ebbs and flows in visual effects throughout the years, as Katie kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation that we've always been a bit resilient. You know, there's things that change with, you know, what kind of work is happening in what area. And there's always some sort of kind of reassessment and recalibration to kind of, you know, match the needs of, of the industry and the demands from the clients, you know, wherever you are. Um, so, you know, the remote work I think is opening up a lot of doors and kind of opening up our clients' minds to the idea of that we can be a little bit more, open to working with people in different areas. I think it's expanding on a lot of the skills that a lot of our studios have of working cross-site anyway, because a lot of us have, you know, studios in multiple locations where we're still working on the same content together, but now pushing that beyond that and saying, okay, we'll work with individuals in their homes. Um, I think individuals are learning if they like this remote work setup themselves, because there's so much that you miss from that kind of instant collaboration and interaction with your teammates when you are set up in your own silo at home. Um, obviously, connectivity can be a problem and not something that everyone easily has access to depending on where they live. I mean, Los Angeles is obviously a very big metropolitan city. so. Typically, people have pretty good internet access wherever they may be, but um, still, that's an issue, and that's, that has an impact on our schedules and our bottom line in this industry, so something that's quite important to think about. Um, I'm very hopeful that this will help with the idea of a work-life balance, because especially LA, too, it's huge, so people live all over, so there's so many conversations we have with people interested in working with you that are like, but the commute's going to be an hour and a half driving each way because our public transportation is not what it is in some of the other major cities. So that's something people really factor in when, they fig when they're determining where they want to work. So I'm hopeful that with some of the advancements that we're making in this whole remote setup now, we can apply 
to the future and say, okay, well, maybe you can work three days from home and you come two days in the office or whatever that, you know, balance might be to help ease up on some of that commute that makes the work-life balance so much more challenging in Los Angeles in general. And then connected to that is the parking situation because all of our studios are in areas where parking is miserable in Los Angeles. <laughs> so that adds on to that stress each day when you're coming into the office and there's nowhere to park or when you get home, there's nowhere to park on your street where you live. So again, those are the, the pros that I see coming out of this whole situation of us having to be remote. So I, I'm hopeful that that will be one of the things that we can start considering a bit more seriously. I think beyond that on some of the other topics of you know people coming in from around the world, we're obviously going to see a bit of a, a squeeze on that in the short term in the United States. Um, you know, our visa process has always been one of the more challenging ones of all the countries in the world. Um, and it's only getting a little bit tighter as it is with um, the current climate and our current administration. So, you know, I think that's going to have some more restrictions and we're all trying to respond in kind to how we consider what candidates we can work with. And it's something for the individuals themselves to think about because it's a lengthy process. I mean, what used to only take six to eight weeks is now taking more like 12 to 16 weeks to process, which is a really <laughs> long time to kind of be in limbo of like, am I going to be moving? Am I working here? Um, so that's, that's tough. But, you know, again, erring always on the side of optimism in my mind, you know, we'll be able to push through that. But I do think you'll see a little bit more restrictions on studios being willing to kind of deal with those kind of visa issues as well as relocation, just generally speaking, especially as moving around right now is just a bit hard. So, you know, if they're able to work with you remotely, say you're based in New York, but the project's in LA, you know, that's something that hopefully they can keep doing. Um, but in line with that as well, sorry, I'm talking a lot, everyone, but in line <laughs> with that as well, um, you have to think about the content that the studios are working on because sometimes there's tax incentives associated to the work that they're producing. Um, I think Brooke and Katie and Anne can probably speak to this as well. Uh, like there's a state tax incentive in New York right now for some television work. So there's opportunities there, but you have to be working in New York. So that's where there's those restrictions on being able to work with somebody that's in Canada or in California or wherever, where yes, you can be remote because we're all remote right now, but technically you still need to be in that state. So all of those things still have to be in consideration during this kind of remote time. Um, even though there's a lot more flexibility and, you know, obviously technology is improving constantly with telecommunication and, and video communication and, um, you know, the way that media is moving and how quickly it's able to do so that makes it all easier and more reasonable to do this remote setup. There's still that kind of necessity of, of location regardless as well. Thank you, Kathleen. We're almost out of time, but we're not going to finish there. I want to talk about, I want to, build on the optimism piece because this is incredibly exciting. I keep forgetting, you know, when we get into these conversations on these podcasts about the roles and the roots in, it's easy to forget that this is the launch of Access VFX West Coast, which is a huge deal, right? So I wanted to ask all four of you, um, and this isn't in the, uh, the preordained questions that we shared because, you know, these things don't happen organically, is, you know, why, if anybody listening to this, right, whether they're you know, I'm, I'm thinking people based on the West Coast, right? Parent, teacher, young person, old person, anybody who's interested in our work and this industry. Why should people be excited 
about the launch of Access VFX West Coast. Why is this massive? Who wants to take it? Come on. I'll start. <laughs> um, you know, I was gonna say, like, I think this is really exciting because we're trying to provide a space for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and working together to further our collective impact, you know, I think is gonna be so much more than what we can do individually. So I think, you know, it's really great. Like the mill's really excited to be part of this team and ho helping leading the effort for the West Coast because, um, you know, we're trying to become a force for long-term change. And we want more people to be aware that visual effects is in their backyard, you know, wherever you are in LA, there, there's a studio, studios from, you know, in the Valley to, um, in downtown to the West side. And I think, um, you know, we, we want to be a part of providing that and letting people know that this is a viable career um, that, you know, merges art and technology together. Um, and, you know, talking about doing talk screenings and workshops and now that everyone is kind of virtual now and like bring that to the, like the virtual space as well. I think that's gonna be really important too. Um, I used to always say that, you know, if there's ever a career day, I will always volunteer for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and someone's like, cool, can you do the LA Public Library one next month? I was like, sure, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think like for us collectively to, to do that um, is, is really exciting for us. And this is just like the, you know, the, 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 the jump off point. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's great because LA, as, as we've touched on several times, is a very competitive market. And so I think it's really powerful to see um, studios that are normally competing with each other, whether it be for work or for talent, um, that, uh, you know, that it's an opportunity to collaborate in a, in a really impactful way. Um, you know, I think recruiters, I don't really include us in that competition because we're always sharing uh, resources when it's appropriate. But um, yeah, I just think it's exciting that this dialogue is happening. Um, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm uh, new to Access VFX and learning about uh, this great organization. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm quite frankly uh, relieved that this conversation is going on and I'm uh, happy to, to be a part of it. Yeah, it's really great that Access Visual Effects in on the West Coast is now creating that accessibility to visual effects. Yeah. And then from that, you gain that sense of belonging in the industry. And that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Super stoked. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, just to piggyback on things that have already been said, but I've kind of been thinking about this almost like Captain Planet, where it's our powers combined can create this amazing force that can actually make a difference. And that's what's so exciting about everything we're doing to me. And it's exciting to have the West Coast chapter because it's incredible that it hasn't existed yet. <laughs> and so the fact that we're finally organized and going to make some effort and stop just talking about it and actually put actions together and do something that will have an incredible impact, hopefully for the short term and long term as well. Excellent. So we should finish on, I mean, that's a great place to finish, but I also want to finish on how people can get in touch, right? Because I'm hoping this is going to have a nice reach. You know, we're not like number one on the podcast charts by any stretch, but we have a decent, not yet. decent reach. Not yet. <laughs> I'm um, up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I just want to put it out there. If anybody's listening to this, they can get in touch via the website. So we have the contact us page. You can email me directly at simon at accessvfx.org and I can forward up the emails on to Kathleen Ann and the team. Um, so there is a mechanic there. It's not like a, a, an empty gesture. You know, there's, if you want to get in touch, 
whether you're somebody who has an idea for an event, an educational establishment, if you want to get involved as a mentee, I think the mentoring program's there. And the URL for that is www.accessvfx.org forward slash mentors. So that's the one-stop shop for individuals who want to mentor. But if you have a question about the launch of Access VFX West Coast, um, or you're a studio who wants to join forces mm -hmm. with the, the new Avengers in, in LA, then please get in touch as well. So I just wanted to kind of put those call outs. Uh, and if you want to sponsor anything, because the e-mentoring platform doesn't come for free for us, you guys get it for nothing. You know, anybody who wants to be a mentee or mentor, get it for free, but we have we need funding for it. So as we're growing the program, it's important that anybody listening out there who wants to support the movement, then I've given the details. Again, assignment at accessvfx.org. It's an open, it's an open book for sure. Um, but does anybody want to kind of phone any final words? Because ultimately this is your podcast. This is your launch podcast. So has anybody got any parting words before we wrap up? Am I asking for too many final words here? Because I'm excited. Because I get excited. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, I don't have any final words. Um, uh, just, uh, I have to say though, I will say I'm, I'm very excited that this is a uh, all uh, women recruitment panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm hoping, you know, as, as we continue through this, that we'll, there'll be more opportunities to get more voices, uh, from, uh, the LA, uh, recruitment team on this, on this podcast. Um, and yeah, just, uh, get excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited mm -hmm. to be a part of this group, especially with these great, great gals. Yeah. With our powers combined, we can do anything. Exactly. <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> um, I guess I just want to say uh, thank you for you know everything you've done ahead of us, Simon, to give us this opportunity to really get this launched because I would have had a much harder time to build this from absolutely nothing. So I'm so appreciative for everything Access VFX has already established uh, to let us really kind of springboard off of that and to just say it's only the beginning. So really do hope that others kind of get in touch that want to get involved. And I can't wait to see all the great things that we'll do for years to come. Exactly. It's a historic day. And anybody listening to this or watching it, please share it. Get it out because we want, we want to spread the word. It's a big, big day. All right. So uh, this brings us to the end of another Access VFX podcast. I want to say a big thank you to Kathleen Ruffalo, to Anne from the Mill, to Brooke, to Katie, and obviously the whole Access VFX West Coast crew who um, I won't go through all the names, there's a lot of them. But if you want to get in touch, please get in touch. It's an open offer. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, y'all. Good to see you.